0: This is the Education Gadfly Show.
1: You are special, and you're special because this is a special Education Gadfly podcast. What does GADFLY say? Hello, this is your host Mike Petrilli at the Thomas B. Fordham Institute here at the Education GADFLY Show and online at FordhamInstitute.org. And please welcome my special co-hosts for the week from Fordham, uh, David Griffith and Adam Tyner.
0: Oh uh, Mike, you think we're special? Oh I do, I do. Welcome <laughs> David,
1: welcome Adam.
0: Happy to be here Mike.
1: You are special and you're special because this is a special Education GADFLY podcast. It is all about you know shameless self-promotion we are going to talk about a brand new study out from Fordham it's a study so it's research so we're going to do <laughs> uh ed reform update and research minute all together
0: boy nothing gets by you man yeah. isn't right. that great so
1: uh, so yes everybody I know it's a little different okay but we're just going to roll with it here people we're going to roll with it so no ambers research minute this week okay now just a bunch of people just just stopped listening yeah. to the podcast but we're going to proceed anyways let's do that in our ed reform update And let's get going because this was a big, big uh, study for us getting a lot of attention in the education world, rightfully so, because it reports on what teachers are seeing in their classrooms when it comes to discipline. So, Adam, uh, this this new study, it is uh, School Discipline Through the Eyes of Teachers. It is uh, reporting on a survey of teachers. Tell us a little bit of the details, Adam. How many teachers? Who did we survey? How, when? What were some of the quick deets on that?
2: Well, the report is a national uses the nationally representative survey data collected by the RAND Corporation through their American teacher panel. And it shows how it it asks questions about how teachers view student behavior in their schools and school discipline policies. We surveyed over 1,200 teachers in grades three through 12. And we also made sure that we had appropriate sample size so that we would be able to say um, things about how, for example, black teachers view their classrooms and still have reliable results.
1: Right. And also, I think oversampling in high poverty schools, uh, both of those right right, important because, of course, race has
2: been a big part of this
1: issue around school discipline, the concern about racial disparities uh, in how suspensions and other exclusionary uh, discipline Practices play out. And then, uh, of course, a lot of concern, especially that high poverty schools are places where uh, you s- often see very high suspension rates and also high reports of violence and the like. And so we were able to hear from those teachers in particular. Now, what I love about this survey is we are asking about teachers' views, and we'll get to that in a minute, but we're also asking teachers to just tell us what's going on, right? I mean, we don't have a lot of great ways. To have insight into what's happening in our schools yeah, on this topic or any other topic, but of course, teachers are in there, and the RAND panel, as you said, Adam, is is representative. We had like an incredible response rate for surveys these days, something like fifty eight percent. So this right. is this is solid. Uh, so let's start with this, David. Start with just what teachers are seeing. Are are they seeing this? Is discipline reform happening, and what is what are they seeing? That uh, how is that playing out in their schools?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think overall uh, they are seeing that suspensions are declining um so we you know we asked teachers uh at your school right have you seen Mm -hmm. a decline in suspensions and about half of them said yes um and and so you know we didn't ask them for numbers but that's that that sounds about right if you've been paying any attention to what's Mm -hmm. been going on in this area um and then we also just asked uh you know we asked teachers about student behavior as Mm -hmm. you alluded to mike um and one of the you know big things we asked them was Are students (laughs) are they being disrespectful to you are they getting in fights um, have you been personally attacked by uh, a student? Um, and we found uh, that the, the answer to all three of those questions was yes. Um, and it was yes, regardless of whether or not you were uh, a white teacher or an African-American teacher. And um, a- a- and unsurprisingly, we found that um, all of these behaviors were far more prevalent mm-hmm. in high poverty schools. Okay.
1: And when the reform comes in and you know, there's now this push for uh, fewer suspensions, but uh, also push for other practices, restorative justice or PBIS. Are are they seeing these things go well? What's happening?
0: Yeah, I think uh, at best you would say that it's a mixed bag. Um, I mean, it really is a complicated picture, Mike. Uh, we, one of the things we asked teachers was, you know, um, what is responsible for the decline in suspensions at your mm-hmm. school, right? And we gave them several options. One was alternatives to suspension, which is sort of an obvious answer, right? Um, and so many teachers said, yes, that's that's played a role. Um, but then we also asked them, you, you know, is it is it improved student behavior? Are kids actually behaving better? Mm-hmm. Uh, or are the adults just putting up with more misbehavior? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, on that on that score, we we found some troubling results. Um, it was almost three quarters of teachers said, you know, it's actually the adults are have higher tolerance for misbehavior uh, and and a significantly smaller proportion of teachers said, actually, well, yes, behavior is improving.
1: Wow, three quarters of teachers saying that that people are putting up with worse behavior. That's huge. Uh, You know, also, David, are teachers feeling like they're getting training and support on these other practices? I mean, or look, we've always been concerned uh, at Fordham that at the end, because of how we've seen other reforms play out and some other anecdotal evidence that at the end of the day, teachers are going to feel like they're just being told to suck it up. uh, You know, that it's just being told don't suspend kids, but that's it. Even though, of course, you know, policymakers and other reformers, they they were hoping that this would lead to, you know, lots of different approaches and practices and support and resources. Is any of that coming?
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing that came through very strongly in in teachers' responses was just the the total lack of support. Um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, to be fair, in some ways, it's part of the reformers' theory of action that there should be, you know, that they're trying to keep disruptive kids in school. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, so. At some level, it's not shocking that we would see that reflected in teachers' responses. But uh, there's also this idea that somehow we're going to improve their behavior or it's all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Or teachers, you know, we will just train teachers uh, in restorative justice or whatever it is. And um, I mean, I I am really skeptical on that score, I have to say. It is a big ask uh, to take the most disruptive quarter or tenth of kids. Mm-hmm. It may not even be that many kids, honestly, but often it is a really highly disruptive um and and hi- just challenging population to work with and say to teachers essentially, um, you know, you have to, you have to take these kids, you have to keep them in the classroom no matter how they behave, or to principals, you have to keep them no matter how they behave. Mm-hmm. Um I, I understand the motivation for that and I'm absolutely willing to have a conversation about how we can do that. But it is, it is a non-trivial ask. And yeah. it is, I don't think you can really say that there are more than a handful of places where that mandate has been fully funded because it, it's going to require a lot mm-hmm. of funding to really do it.
1: It's really two issues that you're talking about here. It's, I mean, one is, uh, are these practices like restorative practices, are there, maybe it can work with most kids, but not all kids, right? The second issue is just our teacher for any of this, are teachers getting training? Are they getting support? I mean, You know, the people who have been pushing for the reforms, let's say the Office for Civil Rights, are not the same people that have the ability to actually deliver extra money or extra resources. Yeah, and Mike,
0: there's actually a third issue, which is, (laughs) do they actually work, right? Right, right. Um, One of my personal Mm. pet peeves um, that I've become increasingly peeved about is that we keep saying, you know, restorative justice uh, or PBIS as though it's the same thing or, Mm, you know, trauma-informed. I mean— Restorative sort of justice was invented in South Africa post apartheid, right? Yeah. PBIS comes from a totally different, you know, it's a totally different set of practices. You've yeah, got yeah, trauma informed yeah. is based on brain science and mental health of my, of, that's actually my, personally, my favorite label of these alternative things because it's at least getting at the problem yeah. and acknowledging the problem. But, um, you know, I, there's base as far as I'm concerned, there's basically no evidence that shows that restorative justice works.
1: All right. Well, let's get back to the teacher what the teachers are saying. All right. <laughs> all right, all right I'm not, no, I mean it's all good, but no, I just no. Right, hey, now, listen. Well, some of our teachers said that teachers yeah, actually, they and I, no, I find I
2: myself maybe not quite as as skeptical of those practices as you guys are, but the teachers are actually supportive of those ideas. The I think the the survey is pretty clear that most teachers actually favor having more experimentation with mm-hmm. um, things like justice justice and PBIS, but they generally aren't seeing that as an, to the exclusion of ever using yeah. more exclusionary disciplinary right. uh, practices like, um, like suspensions. So yeah. it's not, it's kind of like both and not, not yeah. either, or is, is how I read the survey.
1: And Adam, how do we take it that the te- teachers are saying that uh, they think that principals are just not, that they're suspending kids and not reporting it.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that we find is that almost a fourth of teachers said that it was mostly or that the decrease. Sorry, looking at just teachers in the places where the suspensions had gone down, we asked them an additional question about why that was. And almost a fourth of those teachers said it was mostly or completely attributable to just changing the way that things are reported. Mm-hmm. That's like what Prez Belusky says in season four of The Wire is called juking the <laughs> stats. That's what's going on there. And, yeah. and yeah. that's, I mean, that means that there's no changes in behavior Was yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. what those teachers are, are reporting. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said that, Adam. I, um, I read a, I think it was a Vox article or something, Mike. The the upshot was, you know, that The Wire shows, and I'm a huge fan of The Wire. I love that show. That it shows that exclusionary discipline doesn't work or whatever, right? Or that, you know, Mm -hmm. discipline reform is good. And I was like, I I think we watch different shows, right? Like my, (laughs) Right? Like my big takeaway from The Wire was, you know, you are what you measure, juke the stats, right? Like that you have to be incredibly careful with the incentives that you create for sort of street-level bureaucrats because it becomes a numbers game um mm-hmm. and uh i mean obviously it, it it it's you know it's a complicated problem it's a great show but i mean i i just I, that point i mean that is mm-hmm. that is a non trivial number of schools where essentially discipline reform is a fiction yeah
1: that's right. All right. Let's do some lightning round here. There's so okay. much, there's so much to cover in here. I hope people do check it out on the Fordham website, fordhaminstitute.org. By the way, uh, one of the coolest parts of the study, we asked teachers at the end any open ended you know, things they wanted to tell us about. Usually on these kinds of surveys, you don't hear much. We got a ton. I mean, these teachers wanted to be heard and, uh, a lot of powerful uh, sentiments expressed. All right. couple of things here. Uh, first of all, on solutions, uh, Teachers generally like the idea of some exclusionary discipline for some kids, including what, in-school suspensions and alternative uh, schools?
0: Yeah, I mean, we actually got, basically, yes. Uh, We had half of African-American teachers in high-poverty schools say that there should be more out-of-school suspensions. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with them, but that's notable.
1: That Um, is huge. Now, uh, on, on a similar topic, those same teachers or like, guess African-American teachers writ large, uh, they were much more likely than white teachers to say that they thought that discipline was racially biased, right? Yep. But they still wanted to see more suspensions.
2: Right, even in spite of, of the concerns. And I mean, I think that's, I guess what I took away from this survey is that it's okay to have concerns and also think we you know, can, can have different tools for teachers and administrators to use in some circumstances that even though they see it as more biased, just like you said, we're seeing that it wasn't just that half of them thought there should be more, which is a pretty astounding number. But then a third of them said that just that the uh, suspensions were used about the right amount. So I think it was 7% of (laughs) African-American teachers in high poverty schools
0: said they wanted to see a reduction in the use of suspensions. Right. Only 7%.
1: I mean, this is overwhelming. They want more kids suspended.
0: Yeah. I I think that was one of the biggest surprises for me. I, I, Honestly, teachers do not speak with one voice, right? It's a difficult yeah. issue. Uh, I there, no Reading doubt. between the lines, there's basically one camp that thinks we've already gone too far. We need more accountability. Yeah. Another camp that's really conflicted, for lack yeah. of a better word. Um, but I would say there is very little appetite for additional top-down reform absent a really significant injection of resources or a completely different approach. So, uh, you know, I am actually very much on board with the broader goal of trying to keep kids in school. I think most people are, but I do hope that people will read the survey and, and just consider the approach that we're taking.
1: Yeah, well, and it's so interesting that some of the disconnect between the the rank and file teachers and what you hear from some of the union leaders, which you certainly hear from the Democratic candidates, which is still very much pro-discipline reform. We've got to fix the school to prison pipeline. We've got to fix these discipline disparities. It's it's racial bias that's causing this. Uh, just very interesting. Uh, one last thing, and and it's a tough one, and uh, but we get in there this question around whether... Uh, kids always belong in the general education setting or not. We've had some debate out there in the last few weeks about special ed and discipline. You know, look, people pointing out that it's it's when you see higher rates of kids with disabilities disciplined, it's not you're not generally talking about kids in a wheelchair or kids with, you know, visual impairment. We're talking about kids who have been labeled as emotionally disturbed uh which is almost by definition that these means that they have these unexplained outbursts and like and that those are the kids that are more likely to be uh suspended and expelled i mean have we gone to the point where we have to rethink the way mainstreaming is going in some of our schools what are the teachers saying about that this is the lightning round yeah this is the lightning round. yeah
0: <laughs> piece um, of cake right Adam, well, do you want to tell, that tell you what? I mean, what what are the <laughs> teachers what <laughs> what did they tell us I took about oh okay, yeah go ahead. right i mean basically teachers said okay. <laughs> yes Right. I well, we had one comment that said I, and this is a direct quote, mainstreaming has been a miserable experience. Yeah. Um and, and we had two thirds of teachers who said uh, you know, basically that even when the behavior this was the one that I found interesting. Even when the behavior had nothing to do with the disability, uh kids were basically getting off too lightly. In other words, yeah. the implication was that there was um you know, that there was just a fear of being sued or whatever. Yeah. Right. And and so even if uh, it wasn't clear that there was any connection between what we think the kid's disability is and the, whatever the behavior is, um, mm-hmm. teachers were kind of afraid to respond. Yeah. And I do think that's really problematic um, at the ground level. And, and you do hear this from teachers that essentially um, SPED kids are, or the inability to discipline them, rightly or wrongly, is sort of setting the tone for the general education environment mm-hmm. in a way that's extremely challenging for the teachers who are trying to keep a lid on things.
1: All right. Well said. I think we will leave it there. David Griffith and Adam Tyner, my great colleagues at Fordham and the authors of Discipline Reform Through the Eyes of Teachers. I do hope people check it out so much more to dig into. Great work, guys. But that is all the time we've got for this week. So until next week,
0: I'm David Griffith
1: and I'm Mike Petrilli of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute signing off. The Education Capitalist Show is a production of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute located in Washington, D.C., For more information, visit us online at bordeninstitute.org.